Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You damn right. Hope everybody is having a great Thursday. A little bit closer to the NFL divisional round, and there's a little extra something to figure out at Cowboys practice today. We will get into that injury reports, the other three games, lots of stuff to break down, and there's some college football to get into as well. It's Chad and Zay. On a Thursday, I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. Zay, what's up? What up, Chad? Feeling good, living life. Thursday, another day closer to a great NFL playoff weekend that I'm looking forward to. How you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good. When I was a little kid, it was last weekend and this weekend that like my dad just loved. Those were his two weekends. Back then, it was two games a day. Now he gets the two games, three games, and a Monday nighter, so it's just getting even bigger and better. Uh, But these are his two favorite weekends of football, and you can certainly see why. So I'm excited about that. Uh, As a Cowboys fan, I'm always interested in seeing the Cowboys in a playoff game, obviously, but I also know what it means when you play the San Francisco 49ers. It is, a, uh, it is a big deal. They've done it eight times. The Cowboys do have a 5-3 lead, if that matters to anybody, all time. By the way, Cowboys also all-time 3-0 and against the Bucks. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why anybody would have picked against it. Bucks can't beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. What? Yeah, but you had the other side with Tom Brady being 7-0 and at the time. It hadn't been with Tom Brady, though. Yeah. That's true. That's fair. A lot That's different. Fair. That's fair. And I, I believe the other two times the Bucks were wearing those creamsicle orange uniforms. That could have had I an effect. I love the creamsicles. Love, love the creamsicles, but maybe they didn't help out with uh, against the Cowboys. So Now, say that stat again, Chad. How, what's the? All-time. All-time. 5-3 fi- and three in the playoffs. Cowboys over the Niners. Okay. Yeah, there was those. Played eight times. They won like three straight in the seventies, right? That is, um, well, the, the the catch would have been obviously a big one. Yeah, yeah, obviously the catch. Are you talking about the Cowboys winning? In the, the Cowboys, 70s? yeah, yes. the Cowboys won three straight in the seventies. Cowboys, yes, won those, and then the Cowboys obviously won the NFC title game to go to the first Super Bowl, the Jerry Jones era. Won that one. Niners turn around and win the other one. They obviously won the catch game. We don't have to talk about that. Couldn't uh, beat the Niners with Dion, so I had to steal them. Right, exactly. Then they can right. Then the Niners came back and won that next game. Those are the big ones that'll stand out in that series. So it'll be chapter nine coming up on Sunday afternoon. Remember, it's a five thirty kick, four thirty pregame. And even though, I mean, let's face it, the best game of the weekend might be leading into it. The best game we may watch this weekend is Cincinnati Buffalo. Yeah, that might be. 
I mean, I think that's probably fair. So Sunday is just an amazing day. It's all great. We'll we'll break down uh, hopefully all four games today as we get into it. Um, also, and like I said, we'll talk about kind of what's going on at Cowboys practice today because I think it's big. And we'll look look at the injury reports that are out there. That's going to be a part of it. Uh, coming up in an hour, we're going to get into recruiting stuff and some Longhorn news with Hudson Standish of Horns247.com. Normally we talk to our man Jeff Howe of Horns247.com. He had an appointment today, but Jeff's such a pro that he got us a replacement when he couldn't be on the show. Yeah, good looking out, Jeff. Now that's that's professional work right there. Well done, Mr. Jeff Howe. Uh, so we wish Jeff nothing but the best at, I think it's the eye doctor he said he had today. An, uh, an appointment he'd forgotten about. So anyway, Hudson Standish covers recruiting very closely, uh, and we will talk about Junior Day coming up this weekend. Also, the Longhorns may have a shot at a big transfer portal uh, target that has uh, has just shown up in uh, in the college football world. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. We hope you're having a good Thursday. If you want to jump in on the Specs text line, feel free, 337-3776. Cowboys fans, how you feeling about this game? Now, Zay, are you at the point of the week? Where there's any kind of prediction, or are you going to wait till Friday again like last week? No, I ain't, I don't even got to wait till Friday. I got 49ers. Okay. Yeah. I, I ain't even got to wait. What kind of game do you think we're going to have? Um, I think it'll be closer than what people think, but I, I do think the 49ers are going to put up some points, so I'm looking around 38, maybe 35 to 24. Mm. Yeah, man. If it gets up into 35, 38, that's going to be tough. For the Cowboys to run down. Uh, the score I've had all week in my head is the Niners getting to the 30s just barely. And I've got like a 30 to 17. I think that defense for the Niners can hold the Cowboys down a little bit. Obviously, I want to be wrong on that. I think it's going to be the difference in, you know, a couple Niners possessions that'll end in touchdowns and a Cowboys possession that, you know, maybe one ends in a field goal, one ends in, uh, you know, a go for, go for it on fourth and you don't get it, something like that. But 30 17 is kind of the score I have in my head. Uh, I got a ton of respect for what Shanahan and this team do. I think they're a better team than the Cowboys overall. Um, and, and I think they're, A, I think they're a better team to start with. B, I do trust their coaching and scheming and all that. The one ingredient, the one ingredient I'm going to be focused on in this, as this game starts is can the Cowboys' defense make Brock Purdy a rookie? That's the whole game to me for Dallas. Rod Babers had an amazing, um, Amazing breakdown yesterday around 4-4-30 as he was going through stuff about Dan Quinn's defense and what they could do and possibly do to the Niners. We have to remind ourselves Brock Purdy's had like, it's like six or seven starts in the NFL. Yeah. Period. What, six starts, seven games played. Yeah. I think I think that's it. I think it's yeah, appeared in seven games. I think it's six official starts now for him. Obviously, the team's won you know eleven in a row as we talked about. But can they rattle him? Can they make him look like a rookie? And as as Rod phrased it yesterday, can they turn Brock Purdy into Pump Fake Purdy? Can they turn Mister? Can they turn him into Mister Irrelevant? Can they make him into the guy that got drafted the very last pick in the draft? Like, where he got drafted, you dream of getting picked where Brady got picked. For sure. Dead last in the draft. So, can the Cowboys do that? I hope they can, but I also have enough respect for what that offensive line looks like in San Francisco. I think they'll be able to hold them off a little bit. So, I got 30-17. Zay's picking uh, the Niners, scoring a little more than that. Let us know what you think. Cowboys fans, are you confident enough to pick your Cowboys this week? Somebody- 
Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. What, what somebody else about just to say? Just a real quick one. Somebody said, I agree, Chad. Purdy's the key in how Dallas handles him. Yeah, That's sure. their key to winning this game. Yeah, because he has the most, I guess, inexperience when it comes to playing at this level. All those guys, the majority of those guys, except for Christian McCaffrey because he got traded this season, they were in that game last year where the 49ers came to Jerry World and beat the Cowboys, and Jerry Jones was so salty after that game. We, yeah, we know what happened last year around this time. So the Cowboys, they're looking for revenge, and I agree. you got to be able to put pressure on Brock Purdy, but the San Francisco 49ers, like you said, Chad, with their offensive line, they do such a great job at protecting him. Hell, they were really great at protecting Jimmy G, and Jimmy G can't move worth a damn. Brock Purdy could at least move right. around in the pocket and make things happen, which makes him even more dangerous, even though he's inexperienced. So just, yes, you got to get pressure on Brock Purdy, but the fact that you have to focus on everybody else. We know Dallas Cowboys, those four main guys on that defensive line, they're going to be key. Dorrance Armstrong, Micah Parsons, Dante Fowler, Demarcus Lawrence, all of those guys are going to have big time or have to have big time games if the Cowboys want to have a chance. And if you're Dan Quinn and you got Micah Parsons and Micah Parsons this year, I want to say going up against left tackles, he's around 60% going against right tackles. He's around 40. It should be around 80, 20 this game with him being on that right side because uh, uh, oh boy, on that left side is an absolute dog. And uh, uh, Williams, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trent Williams. Oh, God, he's yeah. the best left tackle in the league, he's and he's been that way for almost a decade now. Seventy years he's played. In yeah, the league. I've, he's been around for. A, <laughs> he's been around for a hot minute. So. You know, that's a good matchup. That's what you want to hear. But at the end of the day, you want to take advantage of matchups. And that guy on the other side, he ain't half what Trent Williams is. He's given up around eight sacks this year. So I... Dan Quinn, move Micah Parsons around like you normally do, but don't try to match him up with Trent Williams. Let that, you know, be Demarcus Lawrence or somebody like that. And you can move everybody around. Just it's going to be a very critical game for this defense to lock in and make tackles so guys like Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey don't have those big yards after catch, don't have those big, you know, once they hit the gap in the backfield, they're in the secondary and those guys can't make a tackle. you got to make a tackle to where those 25-yard mm-hmm. games, even 11-yard games, that's fine. Get them into the red zone and then lock up and get your threes, and then hopefully Dak Prescott can move the football on the offensive end. But, yeah, I'll be looking at this offensive line for the 49ers versus this defensive line in the Dallas Cowboys because I think that's a key uh, uh, way to both of these teams' success. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Mike McGlinchey on the other side of right tackle. Yeah. Kid, kid out of Notre Dame. He got a lot of pressure on him. Remember that name. He got a lot of pressure on him. This week, yes, he does. We attacking him. If I'm Dan Quinn, that's what I'm saying every day. We attacking this dude. Cowboys. Uh, this texter says Cowboys can beat the Niners. Niners haven't played a real team. They have an easy schedule. Seattle just had no quarterback or defense, but Dallas does. I don't know if I'd say that about Geno Smith in the season. Yo, Geno Smith had a good season. He had a pretty good year. But I get what you're saying about the Cowboys defense. Another texture says 27-21 Cowboys. Yo, that's I'm, the kind of score Cowboys can win. Let's let's relax. If let's you, 
Let's yeah. relax on this, like, Seahawks acting like they trash and stuff because DK Metcalf, he's still a problem. And uh, Obaldi on that other side, Lockett, he's still a problem, too. So, and then Kenneth Walker, he went over 1,000 yards this year. He might be Offensive Rookie of the Year, depending on how they vote. So, Seahawks, they ain't no joke. Right. No, They're no I, scrubs. I, I and let's agree. not act like Dak is just playing. I know he had a good week this past week, four touchdowns, over 300 yards, one rushing touchdown. But uh, Geno had a better year. Yeah. Right. Can you trust what you saw out of Dak yeah. moving forward? Geno had a better season. So, yeah. let's, let's not get that twisted. I, I know we're prisoners of the moment. And then we're all like, oh, yeah, we're going to get this version of Dak. Slow down. This defense for the 49ers, them some dogs on that side, too. Beware. And they can't wait to lead leading in interceptions to see what Dak throws up. Yeah, that's a great point. This says, again, Cowboys 27-21. If they can keep it under 30, I think that will give the Cowboys a great chance. Somebody else says 31-27. Them boys getting a win. Yeah, if you get up up over 30, I think it's going to win this game for sure. Uh, Somebody texted, didn't the USA hockey team beat the Russians in 80? The Cowboys will beat the stinking four. Whiners. Okay, Damn, I don't think it's that David versus Goliath. Yeah, you can't compare it to that. Like, no, it's not easy now. Easy, easy. This is a, t- it's a two seed and a five seed in the NFL. Just it's because not- I picked the 49ers, I'm not saying that Cowboys don't have a chance. Right. No, no, no. I'm not saying that either. Uh, this says 24-10 Niners, obviously, if they their defense does that good a job. This says, I'm just wondering how many times Brock Ugly will be said once he has a bad game. That's what you want. That's what you want. You want Brock Ugly or Brock, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, Pump Fake Purdy. You want all the bad nicknames to show up. Not this kid that Kyle Shanahan has schemed up and protected in a way that makes him look pretty damn good. When Tom Brady had that New England team that he won his first ring with and he took the place of Drew Bledsoe, I'm trying to think of that roster. Your boy was a young buck back then, so memory's a little fuzzy, but I don't think they had the same talent overall offensively that Mr. Irrelevant has on his squad. I'm just trying to make comparisons. Obviously, I'm not comparing Brock Purdy to Tom Brady, but just the situation is very similar. And Tom Brady wasn't even a rookie, but this guy coming in as filling in for Jimmy G, who was the second string, and Mm -hmm. the way this team looks with how good that defense was for New England and how good this defense is for San Fran. Like, the comparisons, they do add up. So, Mm. Brock Purdy, like you said, the way Kyle Shannon schemes it up, he does things to where Brock Purdy doesn't have to make the toughest throws in the world due to the talent that he has around him. Yeah, but then when he when he is asked to make some throws, he has done a pretty good job uh, so far. Purdy, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. The QBR is only around 65 or so, but he is completing 67% of his passes. And in, in I'm just looking at some of his splits here. At home, 108.9 on the rating versus NFC teams, 128.2. In January so far, 115.9. It's been good. Yeah. He's been, been good. Right. He's been all right. He's been all right. We're getting some interesting scores in here. Dallas 24 to 9. Wow, that'd be great to see. Niners 34 17. Niners 49 to 3. How dare you? How dare you? There's no reason to text in such crazy things. Cowboys have a chance, a puncher's chance. But, hey, it is a chance. I don't, They definitely, of course. Right. And that defense is what gives them that opportunity, uh, I think, gives them that chance. And then can your offense continue to be that productive from last game? 
I just don't know how much of it translates. They had 35 minutes of time of possession. Could you do that again? Do that, and you got obviously a great chance to win this ball game. But just go back and think to yourself the elements of that game on the other side. Think about what the Bucks' offense looked like. Think about it in your mind. Think about how the quarterback looked. Forget names. Think about the quarterback. Think about those routes. Think about those passes. Think about the running game, lack of rushing attempts. Do you think any of it translates to what Shanahan's going to do on Sunday? Because I don't. Yeah, because if Shanahan says, okay, y'all stopping Christian McCaffrey, Debo, you're going to get in the backfield. You're going to get more carries. Let's right. see if they stop him. Because they didn't last year. During this time in the playoff game, Debo went off. Right. And they really just had a hard time matching up with him. And in that game, the Cowboys had zero sacks. Michael Parsons, zero sacks, zero hits on the quarterback. If that happens, Cowboys have zero chance. That, so, that just can't happen. Yeah, that's uh, true. It's a good point. Uh, let us know what you think of Cowboys Niners this week. Says, I want Maher talking trash on the sideline. That's line. what I'm talking about. Each time Dak throws a pick the way Dak was when Maher missed field goals. All right, to get to that story, today and tomorrow, they are going to be going through practices and essentially taking a look at Brett Maher. Late in the show yesterday, we told you the Cowboys have signed Tristan Viscaino, guy they had on the squad back in 2020. He was on the practice squad then, practice squad with the Patriots a little bit, practice squad with Patriots, and actually played with the Cardinals this year. Had a game where he hit a couple field goals. He's like 9 out of 10 in his career, played at Washington. So he's there, but on the practice squad. They have to make a choice. This isn't something where Maher could miss the first two kicks and then they decide to bring Viscaino off the practice squad. He would already have to be on the roster. They have to make that choice and take a roster spot. So Zay, for the people that have been wondering how they're dealing with it, it's not all the way we believe in Maher because they brought this guy in, but today's that day of put the whole team around Maher. Make him kick it while you got your blaring music at him. Throw stuff at him. Um, But also know that Viscaino's standing right there. Have Maher alternate kicks with him, right? Just any pressure situation you can think of. Right, whatever you can think of. Three for you. Hey, we'll give you three kicks. You hit them all, I won't even let him try one. But if you miss one, we're going to give him five in a row. Just stuff. Right, right. Mess with him. (laughs) Because if you're going to go win this, I, I, I have enough respect for what the Niners are that I do not think the Cowboys blow them out. That's just a general prediction for the game. Can the Cowboys win? Yes, but I think they have to win a close one, which means they're going to have to hit big kicks, big field goals, and I've already said it this week. If if the ball's at the 30 and you have a 47-yard kick, if you don't trust Maher, you got to get somebody else. That's what McCarthy's got to know when he gets on that plane. A 47-yard big boy NFL kick. That's how I define him. 47 and out. That's big boy NFL. you got to be able to hit 47 and in – as an NFL kicker, if you don't trust Maher to do that, you got to do something else. He's got to be able to trust the guy he sends out for that moment because I think that's going to happen in the first half of this game. Yeah, and the statistics, ah, the statistics show you for the 49ers defense, you're going to kick some field goals in this game. That's just what it is. Right. They're too good. They're going to force some field goals, and Maher or whoever is going to have to go out there and knock them down. The other thing that worries me a little bit as a Cowboys fan about this game is not just uh, – we've seen ups and downs, obviously, with the offense, but we're in this weird spot with this special teams group right now. After being so good all throughout the season, you've seen this weird shakiness show up. With That's right. The punter started it by messing up, then the punt returner messed up, then the kicker starts messing up, 
And then the kicker just doubled, de- sorry, quadrupled down on his mess up in a playoff game. So, are you against a team like this? You got to be buttoned up, and you have got to be willing to kick the ball. Use your. It's supposed to be a Pro Bowl punter. He better be on Sunday. Meyer's supposed to be a good kicker. He better be on Sunday. And Turpin's supposed to be a badass return guy. He better be on Sunday. Yeah, I'm no doctor, but Maher missing a game-winning field goal to lose in the playoffs can't be good for Jerry Jones' blood pressure. Mm, no, no, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> it no, no. It cannot be good for his blood pressure or his health in general. Yeah, and if it comes down to that, I mean, that's that's you know, that, that would be how the theater would play out, that everybody else would get to laugh at the Cowboys or whatever get to see that moment if it came down to Brett Maher trying to hit a kick. So that's going on today. Early injury reports are coming out today. It does look like Jason Peters is not going to be able to go. Uh-oh. With his issues on the offensive line, so maybe look for that. He is not going to be able to practice today. Shout out to Jane Slater of the NFL Network. We saw that tweeted out earlier. And then J. Ron Curse, that's the good side of the news. He should be able to play. J. Ron Curse, I think it's a hip injury, yeah. you said. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, he should. Uh, no, that was just Peters. Peters is a Peters hip. a hip injury. I don't know what J. Ron Curse is. Curse is dealing with something else. We're going to double check on, Yo, on that, but I think Jay, he may be able to go. J. Ron Curse, I heard him in a little interview slash presser. He was mighty confident talking about, Yo, we're fiending, we're craving to get to the Super Bowl. The 49ers are in our way. Who said that? J. Ron Curse. Okay, all right. You like knee. that? It is a knee, by the way. Yeah, yeah a knee on him. So you like that confidence? Um, <laughs> yo, how you thinking so long? It's a quick answer. It should be yes. In theory, yes. In theory, I like the confidence. Okay, but I have also just seen and heard too many instances of you know that extra bulletin board material, and I know there's a belief that like, look, man, forget bulletin board. If you need that, then blah blah blah, whatever. But if you take a team as good as the Niners and just give them extra something to focus on, what do you mean we're in their way? We're the two seed. We're hosting this game. We are one of the best teams in the NFC. We've won 11 games in a row. What is he talking about? But you ain't play us. I get it. I'd lay low. That's just me. <laughs> I, I'd lay low and then hit and then hit him in the face. Your PTSD as a Cowboys fan impresses me I'm just, every day. That's just the way I would be about it. That's a quick yes. I love it. Say mo. Like Debo, who George mm, Kittle, who see that? I just... Well, this Brandon Ayuk guy, we ain't even worried about him. Christian McCaffrey, what you trying to play big boy ball? Come play big boy ball. And that rookie, he's a rookie. Mm. That's what I'm trying to hear. J. Yeah. Ron Curse, you want to take all that talent and just make him focus a little <laughs> bit more? That's what you want. I just that, that's not the kind of because what do you say all the time? You were saying it about TCU and Georgia and all that. He's gonna put he's gonna say it to him in practice. He's oh gonna, yeah, he's gonna mention it to him over and over again. You don't think Kyle Shanahan would let them know that? Hey Debo, did you see that comment? Yeah, we're gonna scheme three plays for you in the first quarter, and here's what they're gonna look like. Yeah, I mean, come on. Kirby Smart made that Sonny Dykes audio of him talking about how weak their Week 10 schedule is in the SEC. He had that as alarms for the guys when they woke exactly, up in the morning. Exactly, exactly. It was Sonny Dykes' voice saying how, in a way, soft the SEC schedule is. 65-7 for them boys. Yeah, I'm all about trying to lay low and trying to you know lay the wood later. Uh, but one of our texters says, Chad, just stop talking, Cowboys. You're too scared to talk about this game. It's depressing. <laughs> they feel the fear. The people feel the fear. It's not fear. It's not fear. It I'm is just, fear. I'm just realistically trying to look at the game. You have every right to be scared. I get it. It's been 20-something years 
of just brutal downfall and just 27 27 without yeah, a, see, without I, was try, a I was being nice 27 without a championship uh, see, i was being nice that's what they're trying to break of being very close oh yeah all right i don't know maybe maybe it is that ptsd that yeah. cowboys that cowboy stuff so let us know what you think specs text line 337-3776 we've already had cowboys predicted to win Niners predicted to win on the text line. Zay and I are both leaning Niners right now, but tell us why we are crazy or scared or both. Up next, we'll talk about a Georgia wide receiver that's done with the dogs, and Texas may very well be interested. Plus some more transfer portal craziness. Hudson Standish, Horns 24-7 coming up at 105 to talk about those stories as well as Junior Weekend, big Junior Day coming up this weekend. He'll tell you about some of the names that are coming into town for Steve Sarkeesian to take a look at. And in the crap bag a little later on, we will talk about those Dallas Mavericks and the lack of defense. Cowboys have some defense right now. The Mavs need some. I'll tell you all about that coming up as well. Hope you're having a great Thursday. Glad you're with us. It's the Horn. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I think it's the Scorpions. Man, that's yeah, a layup. Yeah, babe. That's a layup for you. Come on now. Not only is it the Scorpions, it's the Scorpions trying to make you fall in love. It's Klaus singing about love. I think it's called Believe in Love or I Believe in Love or something like that. Do you? Isn't be, no, uh, is that right? Something about love. Yeah. Believe in love. Believe in love. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. I was a little mesmerized by I don't know if this is the video. It's just a concert. That was real lazy back in the day where concerts were just turned into videos. Um, see, I disagree. I like the concert videos. I never liked the concert videos. It is lazy in a way, but I get what you're saying. But it depends on the song, too. Like, Yeah, it depends on the song. Good it, point. You know, they would get you, they could really bring you in, like pull you into their world. And it made you want to go to the shows, too. Like... Wu-Tang, they did a song where, oh, which one was it? It was on the second album, but it was a concert video, but they were also showing what goes on when you're on tour, too. Exactly. So right. it was a little mixture of both, like, oh, show us backstage, popping bottles and there you stuff. Go. Show with me the, the bus. women. Yeah, show me the bus. Show we're me the still plane. making music. Yeah. There you go. No, that's what it's about. And then with that song there, that's got a little bit of an like a anthem quality. Everybody would have had the lighters out kind of quality to that song. Because you had to have a power ballad if you're a metal band back then. If certain kind of metal band, you had to have the ballads to make sure the girls were at the show. Yeah. Because the girls are buying tickets too and they're bringing their boyfriends. Or the boyfriend has a ticket and he wants somebody to go with and the girlfriend's got to go. 
So that's what you do there. Scorpions getting us started. Believe in love. How about that? So you got that pretty easily. You were a Scorpions fan? I was a bit of a Scorpions fan. Saw them live one time. Just something about that. I think it was that album I listened to a lot. That's a little bit of a later album. A hardcore Scorpions fan, if they're listening right now, they're making fun of me for knowing that one that quickly. Because it's not like, that's not the Scorpion song or anything. Okay. That's like a sappy Scorpions ballad from the early 90s that I was still hanging on to the metal thing. And that's why I know that song. Yeah, because that was a little soft for metal. Exactly. That's the ballad. That's your power ballad. You got to take a break in the right, middle. Right, there it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to take a break in the middle, have a little power ballad going on. All right, so Scorpion's getting us started today. Uh, lots of talk about Cowboys and Niners. At least one of our listeners is convinced that I am so scared of the Niners I don't need to be talking about this game anymore, but we will be discussing it throughout the uh, throughout the rest of the week. This says, I think it's real simple. Cowboys establish the run game, keep San Francisco off the field. That would be huge. The question is, can they do that? 35 minutes of time of possession against the Bucks. If you could sign me up for that right now, oh, I'll predict the Cowboys right after that. You give me a 35-minute guarantee on time of possession, I will pick the Cowboys to win. I just don't quite think they're going to be able to do that to San Francisco. Yeah, for that Specs texture, here's a stat for that ass. The 49ers <laughs> are number one in defense when it comes to stopping the run for yards per carry. Oh, well, you say that like that's important or something. <laughs> Is that a big deal? I'm just saying, we want Tony Pollard to have a big game. It might be a tough one for Tony. This is a game that Dak Prescott going to have to make the throws. But here's what I do like about last game and can't. This is where Ken Kellenmore just keep it up. They only averaged like 3.7 a carry against the Bucks. They really didn't really didn't churn up that much running game. Right. But he he stayed with it and he ran the ball more than he had pass attempts. And if he can do that going in, then the Cowboys are going to have then they have obviously a great shot to win this game. On the bright side, I know we got other things to talk about. We'll talk about the Cowboys in a little bit too. Jared Stidham hit the 49ers up in week 18 for 365. Mm, there you go. Okay. That was week 18. It's for playoff teams that are already in the playoffs in week 18, it's kind of. And, lo- and he lost. And he record. lost. Yeah. yeah. You don't know who's locked in mentally. You don't know who's playing, who's not playing. So week 18 is kind of give or take. Yeah. That'd be another one. Give me a 368 guarantee on Dak, and I'll predict the Cowboys <laughs> win the game. I'll do that one for you, too. All right. Um, more football stuff to get into here. We will get into some uh, interesting basketball comments from, uh, from somebody in the state of Texas coming up in the crap bag. But right now, let's talk a little college football because the transfer portal is insane right now um, but one of the stories before we get to the kind of salacious one interesting story out of the the champs Georgia is losing a guy to the transfer portal we talked about it a little bit yesterday at the end of the show but ad Mitchell uh, Adonye Mitchell however you prefer it he's going into the portal only a sophomore this is class of 20 guy. So I'm assuming, Zay, I haven't looked up the exact steps, but I guess that would be a maybe a redshirt year, and then he's had two years. So he's gone back-to-back national championships, and now he wants to go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, maybe he just wants a bigger role. I have no idea. It's I, You can't say winning's a priority. You can't say that, no. obviously. I want to go somewhere I can win yeah. more. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Yeah, so I mean... 
hey, we'd love to have him if he were to come to the University of Texas with how this passing game looked this past season, with how the wide receivers looked as a whole. I gave this passing game a C, and that's being nice. If Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt, then it might be around a D, depending on how you look at grades. But, yeah, this, this passing game this past year was just too inconsistent. And even though you got guys like Ryan Niblin and Jate Cook and, you know, I, I know Jordan Whittington is coming back. That is big. All those things. Isaiah Nayor, we, we don't know how he's going to be. You know, it's, he sounds good, him being healthy, but coming off of an ACL injury, it's hard to ask a lot out of him on just being a top-tier receiver right off the bat. I'm not looking for Isaiah Nayor to go to Tuscaloosa and have, like, 10 catches for 180 yards. I'm not looking for that. That'd be lovely, but I don't think that's just realistic for a guy coming off an ACL injury. So the wide receiver position, it's still up in the air, and a lot of that was due to Steve Sarkeesian and his play calling and just how inaccurate that was at times. But, yeah, at the end of the day, they need all the help they could get, and if A.D. Marshall is a priority and they could pull him in, that would be a big-time get for the Longhorns. Yeah, A.D. Mitchell, 6-4. Mitchell, sorry. 6'4", 190, played in Tennessee, played high school ball in Tennessee, so there's not like a state of Texas connection there necessarily. Is. There, there is. is, actually. He yes? moved from Texas oh, to Tennessee. I didn't realize that. Okay, yeah. good. So there is a – okay, so that's sort of what's drawing him back here. Yes. Maybe. Okay. So there is going to be some interest there from Texas. Nine catches – only 134 for the year, but he averaged 14.9 um, a catch. And if you'll remember, go back to the national title game. Everybody, I know you may have already tuned out by this point, but go to late in the half when it was 31-7 Georgia, and they really went for the jugular and didn't just kick a field goal, and they attacked TCU one more time and threw a touchdown pass, kind of front right corner of the end zone, and the dude made that one-handed traffic barely get the knee down catch that's Mitchell yeah that's that guy um and uh I do love a taller receiver too big six four target like that to maybe go with some of these speedsters that Steve Sarkeesian loves so much you already mentioned a couple of the other guys that could factor in um I I could see and, and maybe Kirby Smart's been real with him on what he could actually expect in that room in Athens Maybe he's bringing in more talent. Maybe he's like, yeah, there's always talent coming in, right? Like you know, it's all. So maybe it's not as simple as wait a minute, junior senior year, he'll just catch more balls and be more impactful. Maybe he wants to go where he feels like he can do even, you know, even more. Yeah, we we don't know. You know, we like the sound of Brennan Thompson. We like you know Savion Red. He kind of showed spurts, and Tyreek Milton did this past year. And, you know, Casey Kane had that big drop, and he showed flashes too. But you know. With we have no idea what, who the wide receiver coach is going to be. It's kind of leaning towards Chris Jackson. We'll see mm-hmm. if the Jaguars get mollywopped this weekend. But, yeah, the, the Horns need all the help they could get. And, yeah, they could use somebody that's just a little bit different. Maybe not a whole bunch of those 6'4", 6'5", big guys, but maybe just one or two to throw in there because you never know what kind of matchup situation you're going to need in a particular situation. Yeah, I like the. I mean, I certainly like the idea for Texas. I think it is so strange, kind of a product of today, that a guy would win back-to-back national titles and, and want to go somewhere else. But I didn't think a guy would want to win the Bolitnikov and go somewhere else. There's different different ways to do it. I read the. I read yesterday there are over 20 guys in the portal just from LSU. Over 20 since December 5th. 
So it's all over the country, all different guys on the move. I guess they weren't digging that Brian Kelly accent, huh? I guess, right? They didn't like the fake accent. <laughs> he didn't find the right accent for them. Also, we will keep our eye on this Jaden Rashada story. He's He has been released from his national letter of intent at Florida. This is the kid that reportedly was promised $13 million by the NIL collective at Florida, but then once he signed the letter of intent, they informed him, actually, that whole NIL thing we talked about, yeah, it's going to be a lot, but it's not quite going to be $13 million. So there's a ton to figure out with NIL. One of them is that, Zay. If I'm the kid willing to commit to you, maybe we do need to throw something on paper here, and it doesn't just yep. need to be a handshake. And like, How do we figure out what actually is there? Because... That's not just telling me, hey, we got a lot of pretty girls in town. If you like to go on dates, that's different than $13 million. Yeah, here we go. This is where it gets slimy in NIL when people start getting promised things and they start reneging on stuff. That's ridiculous. You can't do those types of things. And, yeah, I feel for this kid. Like, if he's already out here saying, oh, I'm going to go to Florida and I'm expected to get paid, which $13 million, that's ridiculous. Ooh. Nobody should be getting that for 18, 19 years old. No kid should be getting that. That's just stupid. But, yeah, I they shouldn't be promised these things, and he should be able to get out of this thing. And, yeah, I don't know if Florida should be hurt by it. I don't know if it has to do with the Gators or somebody outside, but, yeah, it's going to get messy. And that was kind of the you know bad part of what people thought of NIL. Just it could get messy like this. Yep, yep. If you're going to make that promise and then you can't, you can't f- fulfill it on the other end, you are going to have a lot of guys jumping back into that transfer portal. So a lot of stuff to keep in mind there, but keep the name A.D. Mitchell in your brain. Uh, the first name is actually A-D-O-N-I-A, Adonye Mitchell, but they call him A.D., and he may be, uh, he's definitely on the move, but is he coming to Texas? We'll keep an eye on that story. Okay, Chad, somebody on the Specs text line said B&E this morning was saying A.D. Mitchell is from Missouri City and has a kid that lives in Dallas. Oh, okay. So, All right. Yeah. So more than just a Texas connection. And he works out in Dallas. Okay, very good. So definitely a Texas connection there. Uh, that could be really cool for him then coming back to the state, especially if there's a, a child that he could be closer to yeah. at that point. That would be big time. All right, so uh, we'll also ask Hudson Standish of Horns247.com about that coming up at 105. Up next in the crap bag, the Cowboys can play some defense. Apparently, they need to walk across town and help the Mavericks out. I'll tell you what Jason Kidd said last night on the horn. I didn't know it, but then he started singing. Now I know it. Now it could be the band, or it could be him, but I'm going to guess it's Phil Collins and not Genesis. I don't know. Damn. You don't know? It just know. says Phil Collins. Yeah, so it's Phil Collins. I don't right. know if it was like a Phil Collins' greatest hits. Behind the lines. Okay. Yep, there you go. Phil Collins. Phil Collins was a slightly big deal in the 80s, if y'all don't remember that. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And Phil Collins is also the guy, one of the first guys, a couple weird things about Phil Collins. First thing we heard about him that was a little odd, but made him a ton of money. Still does, I'm sure. 
when you go see a concert and they have the remote control computerized lighting, you know what I mean? They'll move the lights will move and they'll change colors and then they'll track back and they'll do the same thing again. Phil Collins apparently was one of the big investors in that computer technology right at the beginning. So then in the 80s? Back, way back then. Yeah, I don't I'm assuming it was sometime in the 80s. Once he started to get big as a solo artist, he invested in that and so then he ended up making a ton of money off of that stuff. The other weird thing about Phil Collins is he is a total freak about the Alamo. And he has one of the biggest collections of Alamo stuff ever. Like Davy Crockett, like, William Travis, The Alamo Bowie, in San Antonio. Those guys? Correct. Santa Ana? He's lost about the Alamo. Yeah. Weird. It's a big deal. Huh. Yep. So there you go. I mean, I dig the Alamo. I proposed there. I, I dig it. But, really? But I don't have that much stuff. I was like, we were in San Antonio, and I was trying to think, where should I propose in San Antonio? And it, it really did come down to, like, this cheap hotel we were staying in <laughs> or the Alamo. And I thought, dude, you better do this at the Alamo because if, if you have to drive by every one of those, those cheap – it was literally like a Motel 6 or something. And it was on the uh, – was some, and nothing against the Motel 6, but it was, like, right on the access road. I'm like, do I really want my wife to remember that? For the rest of our lives? Yeah. Okay, let's do it at the Alamo. So I did. Wow, I respect that. So then Phil Collins, uh, yeah, he's a big Alamo guy. So Phil Collins and the Scorpions have gotten us started today. We hope you are having a good Thursday. A lot of good predictions coming in for Cowboys and Niners. Uh, also, people reminding us about some of the additional personal information with A.D. Mitchell that we did not realize that there's, uh, there is a state of Texas connection with him, that he had spent time in Texas before going to Tennessee, but also that he has a recent child that has been born and that child is in Dallas. So maybe he's just trying to get some family stuff figured out and being able to be closer to the kid. Obviously, if he was at Texas or a school in Texas, he's going to be way closer to the kid than he would in Athens. Hopefully in the TCU game, they were calling them all sorts of names. And even though they spanked that ass, Ah. he realized, you know what? I don't think I could be friends with you guys. So when Sonny Dykes calls, he's probably like, nah, Sonny, it ain't happening. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. By the way, did you hear who Sonny Dykes is getting at OC? Oh, man, a Browse? It's a Browse. It is is the one Browse you're allowed to get nowadays. (laughs) They're allowed to get. They'll allow you to get Kendall. You can't get Dad, but you can get Kendall. Kendall Browse is going to be at TCU. I think there's some Horn Frog fans. Maybe a little upset about that. Uh, And the morality police is on on dykes about that a little bit. Mm, Sunny. All right. uh, We try not to have the morality police hang out in the crap bag too much. Just a bunch of silliness. And today it's the silly mavericks in the crap bag. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. The Dallas Mavericks played Atlanta last night, in case you missed it. They lost 130 to 122. And then after the game, Jason Kidd was asked about his team and the performance. And he said, quote, if it's with this personnel, then you got to keep asking or demanding for those guys to play defense. It's not just the offensive end. Tonight we gave up 130 points and a team shot 57%. It's a shoot-around. In this league, if you do that, no matter if you have Luka or Kareem or LeBron, you're going to lose. It doesn't matter how many points you score. You're always going to be short. So until we put a better effort into playing defense and understanding what we have to do, we're going to score 120, but we're going to give up 
130, 140. One night, we may give up 150, but we'll be fine because we scored, so it doesn't look too bad. End quote. Heavy sarcasm on that last part from Jason Kidd. So, Zay, this is a team that has some guys banged up that, that have helped them with defense in the past. They were pretty good at defense last year, up into the top 10, but they've slipped back to like middle of the pack. They're like 15th or something in defensive efficiency, trying to get these guys back healthy. But we've talked about this throughout the season. Luka has to work so damn hard offensively. Yeah, he ain't going to play no D. And last night, the guy on the other side happens to be that guy in Atlanta. Happens to be Trey Young. They ended up getting swapped for each other. We all know that story. That's got to hurt a little more for Luka. But, yeah, the Mavericks once again kind of chasing it on the defensive side. Yeah, um, if I'm Jason Kidd, you better be happy with what you get because, I mean, the history shows all NBA champions – if your best players aren't really good defenders, you're probably not going to win championships. But, Jay, I, Steph Curry, they win championships well. That's an exception. They might have one of the greatest defenders of all time in Draymond Green. They also have a Clay Thompson, too. But go look at just a list of all NBA championships. Milwaukee Bucks, they have Giannis, one of the best defenders in the league. When the Raptors won it, they had Kawhi, one of the best defenders in the league. Oh, I just mentioned the Warriors who had Draymond and Clay Thompson. The years that LeBron won, they have LeBron, Anthony Davis, etc. Etc. What, what, what you gonna do until you bring in a guy that's gonna be locked in defensively? This is what you're gonna get. Right. Yeah, and especially when your star, like you just mentioned, your star does not play D. He doesn't play D. That's the problem the Mavs had the last star they had. They had to put people around Dirk that were gonna help him out that way. Dirk wasn't a great defender. Yeah. Dirk wasn't Kobe or LeBron, or Michael Jordan in terms of defense, you got to find somebody that'll play yeah. D. And they got lucky they had Jason Kidd, which is an all-around really good defender. Tyson Chandler was the best center defender that year. Mm-hmm. Sean Marion, Deshaun Stevenson, the list goes on. They had really good defenders on that Mavericks team. Jason to, Terry was all right? Yeah, Jason Terry was all right. All right on the then, defensive end, okay. And then Dirk was seven foot, so he could contest <laughs> something. Yes. So, you know, yeah. Luca. I, I mean, you can't knock him too much as what else is around him. Spencer Dinwiddie, he ain't known as no defender. Christian Wood's a horrible defender. Like, they have Jason Kidd's pulling teeth just to get him to get in a defensive stance. Yeah. So now, it's And this story points out, Finney Smith came back last night, but he's just coming off of an injury. Josh Green's had an injury. Maxi Kleber has had an injury that the, he's dealing with, and he had surgery. So... They do have some guys that they're hoping to get back that can help a little bit. And those three guys you just named are probably their best defenders. Right. Yeah. Roxy Kleba might be their best defender overall because he could switch out to guards and do a decent job. And, you know, he's a big enough body. But, yeah, I'm, I don't know why. If I'm Jason Kidd, I'm Luca, I'm the team. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. This, we're not defenders. See, that's what I'm thinking. We're trying I, to outscore teams. That's what I was going to ask you. If you're Jason Kidd and you know what's going on on your roster, why are you doing this? Why would you go to the snarky, sarcastic, man, it's like a shoot-around out there with them? <laughs> Why wouldn't you just say, hey, yeah, we got to try to make stops with the guys we got on the floor, but we'll be all right. We're going to you know, we're gonna work at it, blah, blah, and just, move, and just go on. Yeah, remember, this is the same Jason Kidd rumored to, at his stint in Milwaukee, he was running guys, making them do suicides because they had an Android phone, and then it annoyed him when he would text the guys in the group chat and the green message would come up. What? Now, nah, these are just rumors. You're saying but there's he- multiple things out there like 
Giannis supposedly has a little book where he said a couple of things, and he had a weird little stint in Milwaukee where he just did some odd things that you can't do in the NBA. Uh, wait, are you telling me he made guys run gassers because he's an iPhone guy? Up. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I never heard that story. That's what I'm saying. So, again, like I said yesterday, if Jason Kidd wasn't on that staff, with Frank Vogel, and they had LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and they won that championship in the bubble, he, I don't think he'd get another gig. Hmm. I, I really don't think he'd get another gig. He's lucky to get his third because it's hard to get three and not have no championships under your belt. It's tough. And the fact that he's finessing that, man, I knew he was a dime dropper back in his day, but, hey, having that clipboard in your hand, a little different. Yeah, in terms of the resume, kid, it was a four-time all-defensive first-team player and a five-time oh, all-defensive so second-team player. God, he was so cold. The man did play D himself as a player, but right now he does not have a whole lot of guys that will do it for the match. Yeah, he was so physical, 6'4". You couldn't, you couldn't body him up. Like, if he cut you off, especially during the hand-check era, if you cut him off, he just used his body and his physicality at 6'4", around 200-something pounds to just move you around so you weren't getting by him. And then he had great hands, so he would always be like a top leader in steals and stuff and great anticipation. And on the offensive end, one of the best passers ever. So, yeah, yeah I think I think that's what I also said yesterday. Those guys that were Hall of Famers and when they go to coaching, their expectation sometimes is arrogant. Like, we're not you, Jason Kidd. Right. That, yeah. That's why I like those role players that become coaches a lot better. Like that's Phil Jackson. That's why he was so successful. Like he wasn't the top dog on those really good Knicks teams. It was Willis Reed and Dave the Butcher and Walt Clive Frazier. We we talked mm-hmm. to our guy yesterday, Sam Morrell, talking about Walt Clive Frazier. Nobody talk about Phil Jackson on them Knicks teams. <laughs> no, no. But he took up game from all those guys and from right. his coach, and that you know became a successful coach. Yeah, that's a weird irony in Dallas because the one thing Jason Kidd did not have in his game, Luca. That's what he didn't do. He couldn't just score anytime he wanted yeah. to. That wasn't exactly his game. So they're trying to get it figured out in Dallas. They're going to need to make some defensive stops at some point. Up next, let's <clears throat> whoa, excuse me. Up next, let's talk some football. Longhorn stuff. Hudson Standish of Horns247.com. The latest on this AD Mitchell story and the big names that are coming in for a junior day this weekend. Plus any updates on the wide receiver coach position, or are they just waiting? for the Jacksonville Jaguars to finish up. That's coming up on The Horn.